Welcome to There is a Method to the Madness. I am Rob Maxwell, and I am your host and the podcast producer. The Method to the Madness is a podcast all about physical fitness and wellness. And the purpose of this podcast is to go over what works and why in the world of physical fitness and what may not work and why. Hence the name, The Method to the Madness. Today's topic is the principle of overload. As I went over yesterday, the principle of specificity, I promised I'm going to be covering all seven principles this week. And that's what I'm going to do. But first, let me thank our very first sponsors, Jonathan and Lynn Gilden at the Gilden Group at Realty Pros. They currently have over 100 million sales between the two of them. And they can be reached at 386-451-2412 or thegildengroup.com. I know them well. I personally vouch for them. I will put their contact information in the show notes. Today's podcast, The Principle of Overload. I can't talk about the principle of overload without first telling the brief story of Milo. Told it a bunch of times, but it's a great story about the program of overload. All right, so way back in the day, Lord knows how many centuries ago this was, Milo was a farmer and he had all kinds of livestock and animals on his farm and he had one baby cow that had special needs. This cow could not walk. So, as I said, it was a baby. Every day, Milo picked that baby cow up, put it over his shoulders, took him down to the stream so it could drink water, and he made sure it got fed. They hung out for a little bit. He picked the baby calf back up and he put it over his shoulders and he took it back up to where it goes. Lord knows where. Pretty far walk, I'm assuming, from the story. And he did this day in and day out until this cow was a big old cow. But he still had to do it. So he picked up that big cow. He went down to the stream. It got its hydration, got its food. He brought it back. By this time, Milo was a big old farmer because his load that he carried every day got bigger and bigger and bigger. Get it? That, my friends, is the story of Overload. And we've been telling this, some people say, true story. And, you know, there's probably some truth to it through the years. Other people call it a fable. In any event, Milo is a pretty famous story of Overload in the world of physical fitness. What it tells us is this, to get better at anything in the world of physical fitness, there has to be overload. And overload is defined as a stress greater than what you are currently used to. You either are getting better or you're not getting better. So in other words, you have to continue to progress and add more stress if you wish to see further results. You can't do the same thing 
day in and day out and expect to get better. So that is the very important principle of overload. And overload is an absolute fact. Now, how do we apply overload? That's what this podcast is about. We get into the nuts and bolts, the science, how we do these things. So everybody now understands that you have to overload if you want to get better. The question now becomes, how? How do I overload? Well, tomorrow I'm going to cover the principle of progression. That's the third principle. And as I said, day one, these principles are not in order of importance because all seven are very important. But we tend to, as experts, put overload and progression fairly close to each other because you want what's called progressive overload, meaning you want the overload to be possible, sustainable, and make a little bit of sense. Okay, and I'm going to, again, go over progression tomorrow. So how do we overload becomes the critical question when we're trying to get better. If we don't overload at all, we're not getting better. If we don't overload enough, we're probably not getting better. And if we are, we're not getting better fast enough. If we overload too much, we can overtrain, get stale, and start to go backwards. So there has to be a method to the madness of overload. We have to do it carefully. Here's a rule for you that I like, and it's been pretty tried and proven. And that rule is only progress in one area at a time for the components of a workout. So in other words, let's just first take strength training. So overload for strength training can happen by doing what is the most obvious, more weight. Overload in strength training can also occur if we do more reps. Overload in strength training can also occur if you do more sets. Overload in strength training can also occur if you use a variety of exercises. Overload in strength training can also occur if you decrease rest time. And, and I'm not done yet. Boy, there's a lot of ways to overload. And I'm just talking strength training. Overload for strength training can also occur if you decrease or increase the speed of the repetition. Overload can also occur with how we space our exercises. So in other words, what we do in front of an exercise. So we've automatically made our bench press harder if we did our fly first, which is a simple, uh, a similar exercise. So overload can, hap can happen in all these different ways for strength training. Your rule is, number one, first determine what is most important to you. If you want to increase strength, you're going to have to use more load. If you're going to increase endurance, you're going to have to do more reps. So first you really have to determine what you're trying to accomplish. Next, and this is the important rule, write it down, only overload one thing at a time per workout. So in other words, don't increase 
the repetitions and the load at the same time. Don't increase the load and decrease the rest. Don't increase the load and increase the sets, okay? Only increase one thing at a time. Ordinarily, we like to get somebody increasing their volume first. Now, volume is not intensity. Volume is how many, basically. So first, we set a certain amount of exercises. The next overload would be, we might increase those number of exercises up to the point of what they need. So in other words, when somebody first starts working out, maybe five exercises is appropriate for them. So after a week or so, we would increase the exercises maybe up to eight, and then up to 10 or up to 12, somewhere in there. That's usually about the amount you'd want. Now, once you get that established, that's volume, then you decide if you're going to increase your sets of an exercise. Maybe you're doing one now, maybe you're doing two. Now again, there's a lot of different areas that go into all this, which is why overload is important because you don't always have to utilize one of them. You just have to make sure you're utilizing the one that works best for what you're trying to accomplish. Or we may want to increase the repetitions. So this is all the amount. All right. Finally, this again, I'm kind of speaking in for beginners here. Finally, we increase the load after the volume has been established. And then from there, we just continue to increase the load because most people are trying to get stronger. All right. So we increase the amount of exercises, then we increase the amount of sets and reps, and then we increase the load. That's kind of how we do it. And another principle I'm going to talk about this week is periodization. And I'll get into more detail about how then you can cycle back through that whole process again. And that basically is what periodization is. But for today, just understand, number one, overload is critical. Number two, only overload one thing at a time. Just overload one thing at a time. Don't increase the amount of exercises and the load used on each exercise. Don't increase the amount of reps and the load. Increase one thing systematically. Then we get to a point we peak and again, and then we kind of start over again and that's periodization, which is another principle. So that's strength training. The same rule applies for cardio. You're not gonna become a better runner unless you increase the stress that you're currently used to. You're not going to become a better walker or a power walker unless you increase the stress. You're not gonna become a better cyclist unless you overload. You're not gonna become a better swimmer unless you overload or crew or rowing, which we have clients that do that and it's an absolutely great sport. Pick whatever you want, rollerblading, whatever the case may be. If you do the same thing time in and time again, you're going to stay the same. It really is that simple. You have to increase to increase. Now, cardio is just like strength training. We don't increase more than one thing at a time. And it goes along the similar path. The first thing we do is set the volume. We set the volume. So let's take a jogger. Somebody wants to start jogging. They've been walking a little bit. Now they want to start jogging. Okay, so in exercise science, we know to get an adaptation. 
we want somebody to do something at least or about, I shouldn't say at least because it doesn't have to be more than three, but about three times per week is a great frequency to start at, at something that you want to get an adaptation for. In other words, anything you do is going to burn calories. Let's say you walk a day, you jog a day, you bike a day, all that is going to burn calories. But if you want to get proficient at one singular sport, you need a frequency of about three times per week and maybe a little bit more, but let's not worry about that. Three times per week. So the first thing we do when somebody wants to jog is say, okay, so we have to start jogging three times a week. Let's say we just decide to stay three times a week. Great plan. They're going to do weights three times a week. They're going to jog three times a week. Perfect. So that's pretty set and stable. Now they've never jogged before. So we say, you know what? Don't do too much. So for simplicity's sake, let's say we say, all right, you've been walking four miles. That's great. But don't start jogging four miles because they're two different things. You got to get your body used to the stress. So we say, all right, so start jogging a mile three times a week. So there we go. That volume is set. The next thing we would overload is we would overload the duration before the intensity. So then I'd say, all right, we're not increasing the frequency. Our overload is going to be, we're going to go a little bit further every week. Now, again, I'll cover the principle of progression tomorrow, but the principle of progression tells us we shouldn't increase by more than 10%. So if they're jogging a mile three times a week, 10% of one mile is 0.1. And yes, that's very slow, but that's what we want. We want our gains slow, but steady. That way we don't peak too early. So now they would simply jog 1.1 mile three times a week. And then we build them up to the point where they want to be. Let's say they want to be at three miles three times a week. We simply overload it every week by 10% until they get there. After that, which as you see, that can take a little bit of time, but that's the smart way to do it. After that, we then increase the intensity. So now we start to worry about going faster and jogging a little bit harder and all those kind of things. So we don't increase the intensity until we built up the duration slash volume. Now, what most people do is they're pretty random about it. They'll increase the duration saying, I was feeling good and I also ran a little bit harder. Okay, as Yogi Berra would say, that can work if it works. How do you know if it works? Well, you're making steady gains and you didn't get an overuse injury, but then it doesn't work if it doesn't work. In other words, that's usually the answer to when somebody does get a calf strain or maybe a little plantar fasciitis, that annoying pain in the bottom of the foot or the old classic glute ache, which everybody piriformis issues tend to get. So, oh, so, you know, when did you notice this? Well, I started running. Okay, tell me more about that. Well, you know, I was feeling good, so I just started increasing it, and it's like, okay, well, then there you go. So, without a plan of progressive overload, we tend to get these things. So, it's a lot smarter to not increase more than one thing at a time and just be very patient. And I know that's hard for people to do. I've been doing this a very long time and I work with a lot of people who have done different sports 
and they might get injured and they want to get back to running and you know they have to listen to me say why did you do more than 10% because to them the, the what makes sense to them is well I used to run five miles and I'm at a mile so it's okay to go to two or three it's like well you know that's a 200% increase from what your body is currently used to so it's a very slow process but that is why progressive overload works all right but that's a little bit more on progression which I'll get into tomorrow but just know that for overload you just aren't going to become a faster more proficient runner jogger if you're always doing the same thing so if you run you get to a point and you're doing that three miles three times a week and you've been doing it for a year and you say you know I've been going to these local 5Ks and I'm just not really getting any faster, any better at this. Well, that could be the reason why, because you're not overloading in some way, shape or form. And most likely in that case would need to overload with some intensity and do portions of that run harder or faster. But our body just doesn't get better because we wish it to. Our body gets better because we progressively stress it further than it's been stressed before. All right, so recap, I covered what overload is. You have to stress your body greater than you stressed it before. I covered different ways that you would do that in strength training. I covered different ways you would do that for cardio. And I hopefully hammered home the point that you should always increase until you get to a point you're happy with and only increase one thing at a time okay tomorrow i'm going to deal with the principle of progression and until then be max fit and be max well